Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Unabated Podcast. I'm Thomas Viola, and joining me, as always, Mr. Unabated himself, Captain Jack Andrews. Jack, it is great to be back with you here. We are celebrating the launch of the DFS tools. It has been a fantastic time here at Unabated, but you know what? It is really time to get into the holiday spirit here because it is the best time of year, my friend. We are officially in August, and that means that football season is in this month. We will have professional football games in this calendar month here. Jack, are you excited? We will. I mean, we did have technically professional football with XFL, USFL, CFL. That's not the same. Um, yeah, but this is real. Now, okay, so we got college football. That's not professional. We got college football later this month, and we have the preseason NFL. Now, I know some guys, they just go a little too crazy with preseason NFL just because they haven't bet on NFL since February. Yeah. And, you know, NFL preseason is beatable. Absolutely is beatable. But you really need to be on top of it. You need to be on top of what coaches say. You need to be on top of injury reports, practice schedules, things like that. The nitty gritty of who's going to play and who's not. Because preseason NFL really comes down to what coaches are trying to win. Because, you know, there's guys like Harbaugh always trying to win. There's guys like Andy Reid. I don't even think he knows that they're playing preseason football. Uh, but it, it, there's a lot of angles you can take with preseason football. But don't go too deep in it, okay? Save some bullets for September, uh, the, the regular season. Don't don't uh, go, you know, blowing your, your shots all at uh, preseason football. Yeah, we were thinking the same metaphor here because I was about to say, you know, you've had all this dry powder sitting there for the last several months just waiting for a football season to be back and people are going to be going all in. Will this be the season where we finally see Baltimore lose a preseason football game and end that historic streak that's been going on? I mean, there is so much to talk about. There is so much to think about for football. And quite frankly, if you're ready to get into the football mindset, this is a fantastic time to jump on the unabated train because unabated.com has everything you need to make better bets this football season. We have the NFL season simulator already up and running as of the time you are hearing this broadcast. Plus, we, of course, are going to have so many fantastic tools for you to use throughout the NFL season and, you know, you've got so much more going on, too. Sports season is almost back here. We're going to have NBA at some point. We're going to have NHL. We're going to have everything going at once. Like you said, college football is going to be back as well. There's going to be so much for you to do, so many edges for you to attack. Head on over to unabated.com. Get yourself signed up for a trial today if you're not already a member. But, hey, it's that time of the year to be getting your membership renewed. Right, Jack? Absolutely. Uh, hopefully this is the start of the, the busy season for us. Uh, we have a lot of annual members that stuck through the slow period of, of the summer months. And I think we did them well with some of our WNBA uh, content and projections, but everybody's waiting for football. And so, yeah, it's going to be an exciting time at Unabated. We're going to have so many new things this year for football that we don't want to quite give away yet, but we're going to become a place that everyone wants to go to for uh, some football betting. And this is also a historic season for another reason here. This is the first time since high school I've been excited about the New York Jets going into the season. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. It so is, last I checked, they're like still like 18 to one this win the Super Bowl, right? 18 to one. I've seen some fit. They were as low as 15 at one point here. I grabbed them back when they were 30 before the Rodgers news broke. But 
we have a chance. And that's all I care about at this point. Yeah. I don't even care if we actually get it done. I finally have a reason to pay attention to a season that's not just betting related. But all right. today, we're not here to talk about football. We're not here to give you a preseason preview. We're here to talk about something much more practical here. And I think it's something that a lot of people are going to be able to take something away from. I'm very excited for this. But today we are talking about what you want to do to turn your bankroll from 5K to 10K. This is for the people that might just be starting out, might be saying, yeah, I want to get into betting and more than just more than just casual recreational Sunday, NFL Sunday, throwing a couple teams into a parlay. But when you're actually saying, okay, I want to start making some money on this. I have a little bit of disposable income that I can put into actually quantifying a bankroll here. And I want to start taking this seriously. So today, Jack, we're going to talk about the number one thing. And quite frankly, more than that, all of the steps that you should be taking when you're starting out, if you want to start building up that bankroll. So yeah, we're talking about a 5k bankroll. And I think this is an important number because this is pretty much attainable for anybody. If you're not really into sports betting and you maybe stumble across this podcast, you go, okay, I'll, I'll put a 5k bankroll uh, behind this or if you're just starting out maybe you're a young guy who's just getting into sports betting and uh so that's but the key point is is you have a defined bankroll you're not just you know whatever paycheck you have left over you throw at this it's you have this set number that is both uh monetarily somewhere but also in your head as as your starting point and the first question you have to ask yourself tom is is this replenishable okay because that's going to change your approach here We'll talk about both approaches, but is this a replenishable amount? In other words, if I lose this all, will I, you know, go away for a little while and save it up and come back again? Or will this basically be the last thing I ever try when it comes to sports betting if I were to lose this 5K? If that's the case, then, you know, the, the approach is much different. So is this 5K replenishable? Is this 5K the last 5K you would commit to doing anything with sports betting? You make that decision. Now, if it's replenishable, the first thing you want to do is to be aggressive. And I know that's kind of sounds like shaky advice because everyone else that talks about bankroll management always talks about, well, you got to have a set percentage that you use and you have to be very careful on what you bet here and there. And you do, you need to be very mindful of your bankroll. But if this 5K is replenishable, then going tapioca with it doesn't matter as much, right? So you want to be able to take your shot. Now, I'm not saying put all 5K in on the Jets to win the Super Bowl, but I am saying it might be okay to be using a lot of your bankroll dispersed over many bets in the course of a week. Uh, I've known people over the years that have basically taken risks with a starting bankroll and had 100% of it in play an NFL weekend, mainly on like teasers and things like that. And a lot of that, since it's parlayed together, could be correlated, and they could have gone broke in any one weekend of the NFL season. They ran pretty good. They ran at expectation and were able to increase their bankroll over the year and do much better. But for the most part, you want to make sure you're being aggressive with your bankroll, but you also can't be reckless with it. Um, and, you know, it's a fine line to walk between aggressiveness and recklessness. And an important thing there, of course, when you talk about a replenishable versus a non-replenishable bankroll, right off the top, if this is the last $5,000 you have to your name, do not start sports. This is not the time for you to start sports betting. This is obviously something if you want to get started and maybe treat this as a side hustle when you start out, 
maybe one day you're getting good enough here that you can go professional with it, building up that bankroll even more. But right now, we are mostly talking to you if you want this to be a side hustle sort of deal where you're just trying to, you know, make some extra cash on the side and build that up. And I think one of the other important things that we should mention here before we move on, you're right, you have to figure out what your bankroll is going to be. But the other thing is make sure you're tracking your bets. Because that's something that a lot of people probably don't think about doing right off the bat. And it's something that will really help you, even if you're just approaching this casually here. First off, it's going to give you a better idea of what your bankroll actually looks like at any given time, because you're not going to just have everything in one place in one bank account. You're going to have it spread out probably across multiple different accounts, things like that. It might be a little hard for you to keep track of that and making sure that you're tracking your bets at the very least is going to be able to tell you how much you're up or down for strictly accounting purposes before you even get into trying to use that to identify patterns or trends in what you're doing. Yeah, uh, obviously, record keeping is going to be huge. You are should be approaching this with that kind of discipline. Uh, now, if you are, if you're, this is not uh, replenishable. In other words, if this is all the money you want to commit to sports betting, and if this fails, you know, I'm going to move on to something else. Uh, then you need to be a little bit more disciplined in your bet sizing. You probably shouldn't be risking more than $50 if you're starting with 5,000, 1% uh, in any one bet situation. And you're like, oh, Jack, what about the Kelly criterion? What about if I find a 10% edge? Shouldn't I be risking 10% of my bankroll? Uh, no, betting full Kelly, especially when you can't fully define what your edge is, is very reckless. And so uh, what a lot of professional bettors do is they bet a proportional of Kelly. You'll hear somebody say half Kelly or quarter Kelly. Well, that just means that whatever you should have been betting, you divide by two or divide by four. Um, and the Kelly criterion, in case anyone doesn't know, is you just bet your edge divided by the odds. So uh, if it was a, a, a you know a line at like minus 110, you're betting and you have a 5% edge, you would be betting 5% of your bankroll divided by 1.1. So, uh, you know, a little bit more than that, but, um, but basically the, the Kelly criterion is very risky. If you're doing full Kelly, um, you definitely do a, a fractional Kelly. But again, if you're starting with a 5,000 and this is money that you, you can't replenish, you got to be a little bit more conservative. You got to grind it out. So, all right, we got the two different ways you start, right? Replenishable or non-replenishable. One, you're aggressive. One, you're a little bit more cautious. But the next step is, uh, you know, what are you going to bet on? Yeah. Hey, do you want to focus more on sides and totals? Are you looking at player props markets? Um, are you just building teasers all the time? What What is it that you recommend as the markets that you start out looking at? Yeah, well, first thing is you need to be a promo and bonus for you need to be getting taking advantage of every promotion and bonus that you can find that's positive EV. Now, four or five years ago, that that would have been very simple to to double a 5K bankroll. In fact, probably could have done it in like a month uh, if you just go to like a state like New Jersey or Colorado and sign up for all the books. You probably would have doubled 5K in no time. Now it's a lot harder. Um, the promotions and bonuses aren't as robust as they used to be, especially for new user signups. You're basically dinking and dunking and taking advantage of a little money here and there. Maybe it's a uh, twenty-five dollars for Dinger Tuesday, or it's uh, you know twenty dollars on 
this advantage here, or you know maybe you're working it up through like arbitrage on some of those promotions and bonuses as well, where you you're not getting the the full expected value, but you're at least getting a guaranteed twenty thirty dollars. Uh, Tom, I would say that if you are aggressive with your promotions and bonuses, and a, this also caveat is you need to be in a place where you have a lot of promotions and bonuses, which is normally like a good state for sports betting. Uh, incredibly I, I, ironic because I'm sitting here in Las Vegas going, I can't remember the, I, I'm legit waiting to set up my new Caesars account because I don't know of any promo codes out here. Yeah. Nor will you find one. Nope. <laughs> um, but I, but, I, but I, hold on. The I, point I want to make there is if, uh, hold on. And <laughs> Sorry. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, Oh, I know. I remember. All right. So the point I want to make is you should be able to Re reset it and go from there. Where do you want to go from? Uh, going from, but the point I want to make is, but I want okay. it to sound more like, yeah. Okay. But the point I want to make is you can probably make a hundred dollars a week, just, you know, picking off those small promos and bonuses. If you're very aggressive and finding them all and using them, um, you can pick, pick up a hundred dollars a week. And, you know, do the math right there, 52 weeks in a year, boom, you've already doubled your $5,000 bankroll. But I think a lot of people listening to this uh, would rather do it in a little bit more organic way than just the promotions and bonuses. They want to find a way to kind of work, grind up their bankroll rather than, uh, you know, just, just picking off these uh, small small fruits on the tree there. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, when you're going about it that way and arbitraging those bonuses, first off, normally what you recommend when you're dealing with bonuses is to play long shots. You're playing maybe higher hold, but longer odds kind of wagers, like futures, things like that, as opposed to taking a minus 110 side or total bet. For a profit boost, yes. Anytime they're giving you something more to your bet, whether that be like a 30% profit boost, whether that be a risk-free bet, where uh, you know you you risk the money, but if it loses, you get the money back in the terms of a free bet, mm -hmm. and then that free bet you only get the winnings of that bet. You yeah, you do want to be taking everything at plus odds as much as you can stomach. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I always kind of tend to say yeah, the longer shot the better, and but a lot of people don't want to do that, especially if they're working off a very low bankroll. So they it, tend to just want to grab something. So at least something positive, EV, or sorry, plus odds, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be plus 200, plus 300 around there. Yeah. Okay. So that's what you might want to look at there. But the other factor is time. Uh, $100 a week, depending on how much you're really going bonus hunting there, that's not a great return on your investment. No. And let's keep that in mind here. If you're starting with a 5K bankroll, your EV per hour is way less than if you were to just go get a side job or drive for uber a couple hours a week uh this isn't glamorous this is because you want to be doing this this isn't because this is your pathway to riches uh it's always easier to work with a bigger bankroll and my advice if you're starting with a low bankroll like that find ways to add to your bankroll outside of the betting you know it's not just 5k and then i'm just going to grind it with betting it's 5K and then, okay, each month I can contribute $500 more or something like that um, for my take-home pay. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it's so, like, the, your hourly EV is just miserable. Like, if you're going to do this, uh, you're either going to want to be doing this because you enjoy betting or you're going to be aggressive enough that your hourly EV is is potentially higher and 
and can make up for some of the um the you know kind of the just the 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 math of having a, a low bankroll to start. Yeah, that is very, very true. And it's something that you want to watch out for and you want to be padding that money. This is if this is really going to be something that's more of a side hustle for you, you want to try and get to that 10K as quickly as you can. And that doesn't necessarily have to just be from the winnings that you have off the bets that you place. But when it comes to those bets, you do have a few advantages, well, quote unquote. I'm I'm using the term advantage loosely here, Jack, but you do have a few advantages over someone with a larger bankroll and a larger standard bet size, namely being you're not trying to dodge as many limits and you're not really you're flying more under the radar when it comes to how some sports books are going to handle actually limiting you as a better. And that means that you can attack some of these higher EV markets, right? Do you want to be focusing on sides and totals or do you want to be going after things like props? Yeah, well, definitely. You're definitely going to want to go after props, especially if you can fly under the radar and your bet size is not going to be enough to warrant anybody's attention. So yes, absolutely. Props are the softest market there is out there. And the softer the sport, the softer the props in the sport. You know, WNBA props, if we as we've seen this year, are incredibly soft. And so it's been very profitable for people that are attacking that soft market, soft props. Uh, NFL props are a little bit tougher nut to crack. So don't think just because we're getting into NFL season here, you go, oh, props is my path to wave to riches. Um, it's still a lot of work to attack a props market, but um, it's it's far more easier to attack props than to try to beat sides and totals. And how about niche markets? Do you want to be focusing in more on, like say, MLS or WNBA, uh, smaller markets than baseball, basketball, football? Right. Yeah. No, if you have a small bankroll, then your bets probably won't garner much attention. So go ahead and play Korean baseball or uh, MLS or anything that you feel like you can get an edge at because you put more research into it. Uh, just don't overinflate your edge either. Like, you know, we, we've talked before about top down, bottom up. Uh, what we're talking about right here is, sounds kind of like bottom up, uh, where you're kind of doing your own handicapping. But top down is also very profitable and you can find edges in the market all day long, any market. Uh, they might only be two to 4%. And when you kind of think through the Kelly staking and your bet sizing, you know, you might only be making 50 to $100 bets and your EV might only be a couple of dollars. Um, so you want to make a lot of bets so that you can kind of grind that, disperse it out so that uh, you're not too heavily reliant on any one outcome. And, uh, you know, you'll you'll find that after a couple of weeks, a couple of months, oh, look, my bankroll's growing. You know, when, I don't even remember how this happened, but um, you're not going to be sweating results as much when you see that there's a steady growth that comes from just picking off the the two to four percent edges that are out there in the market. Yeah, it is really true, and that's something I think that a lot of betters when they're starting out need to start understanding, and that's risk tolerance and being able to tolerate some of these losses. Obviously, going back to is this five k replenishable or non replenishable, that's going to be a big deal in terms of your risk tolerance, but also just accepting some days you're going to have maybe a $400 downswing or even a $1,000 downswing, depending on how aggressive you are being versus other days where you're going to have that $1,000 swing up, $1,000 or $500 swing up, things like that. And 
what what is your advice to betters when they're starting out like this and they have one of those bad days? How did you get over your bad days at the beginning? Well, yeah, the hardest thing when you're betting is taking losses. That is absolutely the hardest part of any kind of advantage player mentality uh, approach to anything, whether it be casino games or sports betting or anything. You need to be able to take losses. You absolutely need to be able to shake it off. You need to be able to just say, okay, well, that happened and uh, I'm looking forward and my EV was positive and tomorrow will be better. Uh, it's, it's very tough to do. And that's also where having a bigger bankroll makes it easier. I was, we were talking before we started recording and I was saying, you know, look, if you have a $200,000 bankroll, but you would be despondent over a downswing of $100,000, then you really don't have a $200,000 bankroll. You probably have like more like a $100,000 bankroll. But having a bigger bankroll is useful in that the swings are less of a percentage of your total bankroll. So in other words, yeah, you might have a 20% downturn in your bankroll. And, you know, that may be $40,000, which might sound like a huge number. But when you have a $200,000 bankroll, it's a little bit easier to stomach. And you can kind of just look back on your charts and your progress and say, oh, I remember when I, you know, was, was down $20,000 before and it all came back to me. It all worked itself out. And I was able to kind of get back and grind out the positive EV and I was fine. Uh, you just kind of remind yourself that, you know, you've been fine before, you'll be fine again. Just keep uh, your eyes on the horizon. So another thing, like you said, with a smaller bankroll, you have to be a little bit more careful about what you're doing with it. And part of that is, let's face it, what kind of tools you're going to be using. Um, I, it's it's interesting as a stance to take, given that we do sell a premium subscription for around $1,200 a year, to say, maybe that's not the best fit for you if that's where you're starting out. Doesn't mean that our essentials tier isn't very profitable though, but what do you think are the right pathways when it comes to the tools that should be in your tool belt as a 5K better? Right, so if you have only 5K as your bankroll, you can't afford to be buying picks. Um, you, you probably are better off not buying picks because you really need to learn a lot. If you're a 5K bankroll person, you need to learn what you don't know. And trust me, there's a ton that you don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but beyond that, yeah, look, unabated premium, great tool. It'll make you a lot of money. But you can't afford to spend, you know, one fourth of your bankroll on unabated, you know, you go with the essentials tier. It's $67 a month, $50 a month if you pay in advance. Um, it's all props. It's all the DFS pick'em tool. It's uh, tools that'll help you in, in football contests, which that's another thing, uh, Tom, you wanna be looking at situations where you can risk a little to win a lot, which is something that square bettors love to do. They like to make these big parlays, things like that. But risking a little to win a lot is also like entering contests and uh, grinding out the skill in that contest over the course of the entire year. Now, maybe, $1,000 to enter the Circa Survivor is probably not a good use of a $5,000 bankroll. But you know what it is? Finding five friends and you each put up $200 and entering Circa Survivor or Circa Millions for the same kind of amount there. Um, that's a lot of situation where you you have a flat spend, fixed spend, and you have uh, you know a season long of, of possible positive EV and there's ways you can play it as you get down the line there to make sure that you 
uh, bank some some manifest some of that EV. Uh, so that's that's something you can do as well. Uh, but in terms of like the spend, yeah, you got to be careful what you spend on. And here's the thing: when you start to build that bankroll, there's only one thing you can afford to buy with that money. And Tom, what is it? A bigger bankroll. That's right. Yeah, I'm, you know that's another thing I'm fond of saying. The best thing you can buy with your winnings is a bigger bankroll. And trust me, having a bigger bankroll makes this so much easier. You know, the people that you may idolize or look up to in sports betting, the professional bettors, they were where you are, you know, you are now. They were there sometime. Um, and it's a far easier game for them now than it was than where you are now because they have a bigger bankroll. They have... Uh, enough that they don't need to sweat some of this stuff. It's it's all just the math uh, paying itself out again and again. So definitely don't take any money out of your bankroll any, for winnings. Um, I would even say don't dip into your winnings until you've passed over $100,000. Because really, once you get to a $100,000 bankroll, then it becomes a lot easier. Um, you could kind of move some money around, leverage money, whatever you need to do. But I would be very wary about uh, taking any money out of your bankroll because that just becomes becomes too easy for your bankroll to become an ATM. You know, you go, oh, okay, well, uh, I'm here in the you know sports book and uh, I'm going to go get a steak dinner and uh, oh, I got I got this cash in my pocket. It was I won five hundred dollars today. Well, you know, spend two hundred of that on a steak dinner. Well, then you only won three hundred dollars today. You know, yep. and it, you got to understand like. You, you really need to be disciplined with your bankroll. You need to be aggressive, but you also need to be disciplined. And uh, keeping it separate from every other fund in your life is paramount. And it's something that a lot of people have trouble with. But if you can do it, you're you're on the road to riches. I've only ever bought one non-bankroll item with any gambling winnings. And that was my Jonathan Marcia So Stanley Cup champions jersey because it was a nice boost to the bankroll anyway. And sometimes you got sometimes you got to have a little something, you know. But yeah, no. I, hey, look, I'm not saying you need to like live uh, a life of of poverty or something. You, but uh, just keep it all in, in perspective. And because once you start dipping into that, it makes it so much easier to dip into it. Yeah. Later down the line, it, you know, it, it becomes a habit there, and it's a habit that you really don't want to be into because you're right. The bet it's just like paying yourself off a little bit. You want to save a little bit of that money. You want to be squirreling something away. Building up your bankroll is one way of doing that and making sure that you're paying yourself first. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing that I, I was a little surprised to hear you say that contests would actually be a good way to be investing some of this money when you have such a small resource to start out with. Because, I mean, Circus Survivor is one thing. I, I, I got lucky and won a Survivor pool one year where I made it through all 17 NFL games. Only $20 entry, but... I ended up splitting the pie. It, it, it was good. It was it was a good win. But the circa millions contest, are you at what point are you just burning money on some of these things? Even if yeah, you know, let me let me let me walk that back a little bit. Yeah. Entering contests is good. You probably don't need to enter circa or the West the super con super book super contest, whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's probably a little bit higher than you really need to be playing. I I will walk that back. It's not like when you're just starting out to be a a one-two poker player, you don't enter the World Series of Poker main event, right? Yeah. Um, but you can enter in more local contests. Um, you know, there are a lot of paid contests out there where you can win real money. Now, the rake is not great. The rake is like 10%. I'm not fond of that. 
But if you're facing off against competition that's not as enlightened as you are, then maybe they don't use the unabated tools and, and whatnot, uh, you have a real advantage. And you can basically enter a lot of these smaller contests. Um, you can enter week to week contests, things like that, and grind it up that way. You know, that's that's probably a more realistic approach. Um, I mean, look at how at that point you're starting to enter more of that peer to peer head to head space, which uh, look at how our own Peter Jennings got started doing exactly that kind of stuff in the DFS side. It it can be a real great way to start turning in some of those profits because again, you're not going up against the book. You're going up against all of these other people instead. And that definitely can change the outcomes and change change the factors going in a little bit more, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, although, you know, I think straight DFS on like DraftKings and FanDuel is really tough these days. Yes. Uh, but there's always more sites coming, you know, and, and now we have these DFS pick'em sites that I think appeal to a lot of prop betters. So that's a natural progression. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's so many options, really. If you're just getting started, it's just a matter of knowing about all of them so that you don't leave something on the table that you could have, you could have leveraged. Exactly. So, so far we have, you've got your 5k bank, well, you've determined if this is replenishable or non-replenishable, and that's going to determine how aggressive you want to be with your strategy, whether or not you're going to be leveraging just 1% doing $50 flat stake units or going with a little more Kelly and exploiting your edges a little more and having more of your bankroll in play at once. We've talked about uh, bonus whoring and making sure that you are going out there and getting as many bonuses as you can, taking advantage of as much free play, as many free play opportunities as you can find out there. Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about tracking your bets and we've talked about some of the tools that you do or don't want to be using. Anything else here? What is the, what, what, if you had one more grand step here, if you wanted to make your way from 5K to 10K and then beyond, what would you say? Uh, be creative. And when I say be creative, look, you've got friends, right? And those friends probably haven't signed up at all the sports books. And I'm not saying don't go and get burner phones and this and that. And, you know, don't you don't need to be that complex. Just tell your friends and say, hey, look, go sign up for this deal. I'll tell you exactly what to bet on. So that, you know, you can guarantee that you'll cash out something from this and, you know, just give me, give me half or give me 20% or whatever, you know, whatever deal you work out with your buddy. Uh, that's a great way to kind of have a little bit of a free roll to kind of start going further with those prop, those promos and bonuses. So yeah, make your friends work for you. And uh, I think it's, you know, you'll, you'll find that sometimes you'll really turn them on to kind of this whole grind and now you have a networking partner you know yeah. you have four eyes looking at things instead of two and you know then you kind of build your group you know i've known plenty of people that they started out in, like blackjack card counting and they told a friend about it and they were like okay well let's share our resources and next thing you know they're multi-millionaires because they built blackjack teams and traveled the country and traveled the world uh you know exploiting casinos all from you know hey i saw this you saw this let's try to do it together so if you have a 5K bankroll, you're starting out, you're just starting out, uh, you know, find a buddy and bring them along for the ride. And maybe you can make a little money off of them, or maybe they can help you down the line. And of course, as always, check out unabated.com and get yourself in the game with some of our fantastic tools to help you really mine that EV and grow that bankroll as quickly as you can. It's, again, a cornucopia of options. And we are officially here in football season. Jack, it's coming up. 
unofficially in football season, I should say, but it is August. We have football here this month. Plenty of tools at your disposal at Unabated to start mining some of that EV today. And as always, use the link in our use the link in this description below to get into our Discord. Even if you aren't a member, you still have a fantastic community of betters who are ready to help you out. It's a fantastic supportive group. They're always asking questions, answering questions. You're in there about 25-7 answering people's questions as well. It, there is, is there a better source of information on the internet for betting than our Discord? Right now, our Discord is just straight fire like this. It's just great how people are helping each other as well as exchanging ideas, as well as answering questions. Uh, and our premium Discord, you know, those of you who have a premium subscription and get to the premium private Discord is even more amazing. I, I learned stuff in there. So, yeah, it's it's a great resource. It really is. And Jack... Thank you so much for being here with me. As always, of course, people can follow you on Twitter at CapJack2000. They can find us at Unabated Sports on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, everybody, best of luck and let's cash those tickets.